Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Bible and Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, host and creator of the Bible and Life, and I'm glad for you, grateful that you're joining me on the podcast. Over the last handful of weeks, we have been looking at the Old Testament book of Proverbs and just really wanting to look at some of the themes and how the book works. It's a very popular book, and there's just a lot of useful wisdom for us in the book of Proverbs. And so this week... What we want to do is look at just a few samples, perhaps, of how the Proverbs work. And and to remind us what a proverb is, it's a brief, popular kind of saying or maxim, which is typified by concise, catchy wording. It's this short little saying that's got some maybe some rhyming elements or some kind of opposition elements, like contrasting elements in some sort of way. It's memorable and it's fairly catchy. That's what a proverb is, and it's intended to pass on just sort of general wisdom, wisdom that's grounded in creation. That is wisdom that is grounded in the way the world is created to operate and function. And as such, what proverbs do, we have said, is that they offer general principles for uh, living well, for life working well. They don't guarantee what they promise. They just typically offer what is usual. Here's the way things typically work. That's what Proverbs are. And so from the in the book of Proverbs, from Proverbs chapter 10 through Proverbs chapter 29, what you get is an assortment of such short little sayings. Most of the Proverbs in that chunk, 10 to 29 of the book of Proverbs, are one-off little sayings. Sometimes maybe it's a, a pair of a two lines or three lines or something like that. But for the most part, it's just this short little saying on a variety of topics. And so, for example, Proverbs chapter 10, ill-gotten gains do not benefit, but righteousness rescues from death. Short little saying about uh, righteously um, receiving money and you know gaining an income and getting money versus doing it in underhanded, sneaky, or illicit sorts of ways. Or Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, Poor is the one who works with a lazy hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. In other words, diligence is more likely to actually uh, lead to being well off and being able to pay your bills and make ends meet than being lazy. Or Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5, He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps during harvest is a son who acts shamefully. Really making a similar point to the last one, and that's why it probably shows up where it does right after it, right? 10.4, about lazy and diligent. Here is using the imagery of harvest season, and it's like uh, the son who doesn't gather in summer um, is, is he acts shamefully, but the one who does gather in summer, well, he acts wisely. Or Proverbs chapter 11, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. In their economy, things were weighed out on a balance scale. That's what's being gotten at by a false balance, a balance scale that's not accurate. Um, think maybe of, at least in the United States of America, um, the way it works, for example, at a gas station is every year um, somebody from the, you know, a department that makes sure these things are working right comes and they check it out and make sure when that gas pump says you're pumping a gallon, it really is a gallon. Then they put a sticker on it to say they verified that it's accurate, right? That's what we're talking about. Um, in their economy, you have this balance scale and maybe you put on a a, 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 a 
a bunch of flour or a chunk of meat or something, and it weighs out to a two pounds or whatever else it is, right? But really the scale is off, the weights are off. And this says that's an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So what we get beginning in Proverbs chapter 10 is a collection of sayings like this that aim to pass on wisdom about life, wisdom from God's perspective, wisdom rooted in creation to form within us as God's people a worldview that is rooted in wisdom, that is rooted in the way God created the world to operate and thus the way that the world, generally speaking, works best. And so that's what we have. Now, what I want to do in the remainder of this podcast then is look at some of the Proverbs on one particular topic. Uh, I want to look at Proverbs specifically on the topic of the tongue or our words or our speech and our talking. Proverbs actually has a lot to say about this. And there's a good reason for it. Let's start with Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It really tells us the reason why Proverbs says a lot about this, why uh, we need wisdom with regard to how we talk. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. Do you hear that? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. How we use our tongue, how we talk, is a matter of life and death. That's what he's getting at there. It's a matter of life and death. And we know this is true. We know this is true because of just our experience in life. There's the obvious things like mean words, cutting words, attacking words, right? Words that are intended to harm and to hurt, words that run run people down and destroy their worth, right? Uh, this can happen in families towards kids. If you have a hostile, angry home life and kids are mocked and made fun of, they're yelled at, they're put in their place and all that, right? And this can just destroy them. Um, there's also the obvious good words, life-giving words, such as encouraging words, words that are complimentary and affirming, they build up, or words that teach in helpful sorts of ways. There's also the not-so-obvious, like hurtful words, things that are, words that are just thoughtless, careless, words that are dismissive and just shut somebody down and reject their what they're saying or reject their feelings, right? How many of you can recall something that somebody said to you that was, that was hurtful and harmful. Um, how many of you can recall something that somebody said to you that was deeply painful? What about, what about how about remembering uh, something that somebody said that was one of like, that's one of the nicest things anybody has ever said. I'm guessing we can remember these kinds of things. Why is that? Because words actually really matter. Words really do have an impact. Think of the old little um, saying that at least was popular for a long time, and I, I still think it gets passed on, um, and that's sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can never hurt you. This popular little kind of almost American proverb or maxim that just isn't true. 
It's just not true. The proverb here from the book of Proverbs is actually far more true, far more wise, and we all know it. Our words matter. Other people's words matter. Uh, words have the power of life and death in them. And because of that, in reality, we should take our words, what we say and how we say it, uh, just as seriously as any weapon, uh, a gun or a knife or even a rock or whatever, anything that could be used as a weapon to hurt or to harm or to kill somebody, Proverbs is saying our words are just as serious as that. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words can kill or they can give life. They have the power of life and death in them. And because of that, that's why Proverbs has a lot to say about words. It, it passes on an awful lot of wisdom about words. Um, one of the things it tells us is that we should actually guard our tongue. We should pay attention to how much we talk, not just what we say, but how often we say things. And that's what's being gotten at by Proverbs that tell us to watch what we say. And the reason for that is because of the power of words. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. It says this, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. When you put those two together, you get a very clear sense of what it means here to restrain your lips. It means don't talk so much. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Literally, it's, it's saying it's almost unavoidable. Like the more you talk, the greater chance there is of saying something hurtful, wrong, or transgressing with your mouth, doing something wrong. But if you restrain your lips, that's wise. That's prudent. If you just don't talk as much. Um, so when Proverbs says something like this, Proverbs 21, 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. It doesn't just mean he's guarding it to watch what he says. It also means he's just not talking so much. He's restraining his lips, knowing that words are uh, a really powerful. And the more we talk, the more likelihood there is to uh, transgress. Well, we're going to keep our mouth, meaning we're going to keep it shut a little bit more. We're not going to say as much. Um, and that will keep us out of trouble. That's just some practical wisdom uh, that keeping your mouth and keeping your tongue will keep you out of trouble, right? Again, we know that's true. People have, because they just, you know, they've shot off that email, they've posted that thing, they've uh, re retaliated to that coworker, and they've lost their jobs because of it. Uh, this just, this happens, right? All of a sudden, there's more trouble for us because of things we have said. Uh, Proverbs even points this out. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. <laughs> I, I find this one humorous, right? When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Like, just don't say so much. Keep your mouth shut. People might think you're actually wise and smart. Um, and we know that. It's better to um, keep your mouth shut and have people, you know, think you're a fool, as one uh, modern proverb says, than open your mouth and, and confirm it for everybody else, right? Just don't say so much. And so one of the things Proverbs tells us is just guard your mouth, talk a little bit less, be mindful of not over-talking. And that's just hard. We live in a culture and a world that really doesn't just encourage over-talking, it actually almost demands it, right? Like success is measured in how, you know, how much you can say and how often you post and what you say on Twitter and how many followers you get on Instagram and, uh, you know, you give this... Uh, TED Talk, where you make a viral video, and you're always supposed to be posting on YouTube, right, and social media, and we got chat apps, and texting, and streaming services, and all these things, podcasting, right, even what I'm doing right here. We live in a world 
where um, talking, over-talking even, is almost, uh, almost demanded in order to be a success. And Proverb would tell us, let's just be prudent about that. Let's slow down. Let's talk a little bit less. Let's be a little bit more wise, not just in what we say, but how much we say. Proverb also tells us that we should be um, thoughtful about how we talk. Uh, for example, here's one that says the opposite of that. Think about this. Proverbs 12, 18. Um, the, there is one whose rash words are like thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Uh, rash words are like the uh, like sword thrusts, right? They're jabbing and they're poking and they're prodding and they're damaging and they're piercing and all that. And they just hurt. And that's because they're rash. It's because they're rash words. What's the opposite of rash? Well, thoughtful, considerate. Like, let me think through what I want to say. Let me just not be hasty and rash. In fact, Proverbs 29, 20 puts it like this. Do you see a man who's hasty in his words, hasty in his talking? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 29, 20. Um, what's the opposite of rash or hasty? Well, thoughtful, considered, taking your time to think things through. And Proverbs says that's wise. Um, Proverbs observes in Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked just pours out evil things. They just, just pours out of them. I mean, he's not thinking it through. He's not pondering and considering, what's the best way to say this? Should I even say this at all? Maybe should I, should I just keep my mouth shut, right? No, the righteous and the wise, they ponder how to answer, but fools, they're just hasty and rash in what they say. And so we should be thoughtful. Like if we're going to have uh, biblical wisdom, right? We're going to have a worldview marked by uh, that's rooted in the wisdom of God. We're going to be we're going to talk a little bit less. We're going to be a little bit more thoughtful about when we talk, what we say when we talk, how we say what we say, with the tone with which we say it. Um, or we're going to even make sure our words are helpful before we say it. Helpful talk. Think of Proverbs sixteen twenty four. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. They're like a rare treat. They're sweet. Ah, they're wonderful and good, right? Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Or Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools just pours out folly. But for the wise, it commends it. It commends knowledge. It makes knowledge attractive and helpful and beautiful and useful. And, and that's good, right? We should be like that. We should be people who recognize, oh man, we need helpful talk. Um, and so in order for our words to be life-giving words, words that are our fountain of life, we should talk a little bit less. We should think a little bit more about what we're going to say and how we're going to say it. And we should make sure our words are genuinely helpful to people and not just speak rashly or hastily or anything like that. Now, the fact is, my, my gut tells me from my own life experience, probably from your life experience as well, that we just know this is true. We know this is right. In fact, we've probably heard a lot of this before, didn't we? Think before you, you speak. We've heard this kind of stuff. And yet, we still harm people with our words, don't we? And that's because the problem of our tongue goes deeper than our tongue. The problem of our talking goes deeper than just our mouth. 
Jesus, who is the very embodiment of wisdom himself, right? That's the whole point of John chapter 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's the very embodiment of God's wisdom. And this is what he says about our tongue and about our talking. He says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like, out of what's stored up in the heart, that's what comes out, right? You, you grab a ketchup bottle out of the fridge, you turn it upside down, and you squeeze a ketchup bottle. What do you expect to come out? Ketchup. Because what's inside is what comes out. And that's what Jesus is saying about our mouth. What's in our heart comes out of our mouth, out of the abundance, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then Jesus goes on and says, the good person out of the good things stored up in his heart brings forth good words. What is good? And the evil person out of the evil treasure stored up in his heart brings forth evil. What's inside is what's going to come out. And so our words actually are an overflow of our character. They're an overflow of what's stored up inside of us, the kind of person we are. And that's why, even though we've heard the kind of wisdom that Proverbs passes on about our talking and our words, we still damage people with our words. We still do wrong things with our words. We still hurt people with our words. And we don't always mean to. It just happens because of things that are stored up in our heart. And so what we really need is a heart change, not just a mouth change, not just a tongue change. We need a heart change. And the good news is heart change is available to us. The whole reason Jesus came was to redeem us and restore us so that we could be the kind of people God created us to be. And in the context of how uh, God saved his people through the cross of Jesus. In, the, in that context, how, how the cross is viewed as foolishness by the world and weakness by the world, it's actually the wisdom and the power of God. That's what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In that context about how God used the cross and his wisdom and his power to rescue human beings, listen to what Paul says. He says this, he says, and because of him, that is because of God, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He became that for us and gave that to us. And so Jesus, uh, the very wisdom of God became flesh and he came to rescue us. And according to the wisdom of God, he went to the cross. Then he rose again. He seated as king as our wisdom and our righteousness, and our sanctification, and our redemption, so that we could be changed from the inside out. And so, by his goodness, and by his grace, and by his wisdom, and now his very own spirit, the spirit of wisdom who dwells in us, our heart can be changed. Good things can now begin to be stored up in our hearts. And as our heart is changed, guess what? Um, then what comes out of our mouth begins to be changed as well. And we begin to speak words that are life-giving, words that are helpful, words that are wise and good and true, because good things are being stored up in our heart with the help of Jesus through his Spirit. And the result of that, as our heart is changed, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 becomes true of us. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. This is who we are. 
because of what Jesus has done for us, we now are the righteous. We stand in a right relationship with God and in a right relationship increasingly with each other. And we now have good things stored up in our heart. And as a result, our mouth becomes a fountain of life. We're people who use words in life-giving ways. We'll talk less, but what we say will be so much more weighty and helpful and useful and good. So my encouragement at the end of this episode is simply that to remind us that our words matter. They have the power of life and death in them. And so may we regularly store up within us the words of Christ, the words of God. Store those in our heart. May we invite his spirit into our heart to change our heart, reform our heart, shape our heart, pour his good things into our heart so that as our heart is changed, our words become full of life. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. The Bible and Life is part of an overall online ministry that is made possible by people's generous support. And so thanks a ton for your support. Thank you to those of you who have given to make this ministry possible. If you want to join the team of supporters, you can swing over to johnwhitaker.net, johnwhitaker.net. You can click the Give button. It'll take you to a page where you can... Uh, set up a one-time or a recurring monthly donation. And I want to thank you in advance for your generous support. May God bless you for it. I hope you have a wonderful week in Christ, and I look forward to talking with you again next week.